So again this morning, if you've got your Bibles, you want to turn with us to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. Then I also want you to go back to the book of Psalm. Chapter 39. So again, go ahead and save this morning the book of Hebrews chapter 9. And let's begin with our reading this morning in Psalms, the 39th division, in the fourth verse. Listen to what we read here. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. This morning our thought would be simply the way I see it. There's so many things in life that we have in conversation and somebody will say, well, the way I see it, it's about perspective. What is your perspective on life? And we'll even say, what is your perspective on death? When we think about what it means to have a perspective on something, it's just simply the, the, a word that means the ability or to be able to look through something or beyond something. I want to ask you a very, very simple question this morning. Let's perceive or let's look through life. And I want to ask you, do you believe that there is life after death? If you don't believe in life after death, then uh, I pray today that God would truly trouble your heart. But He is real and so is eternity. For a person that does not believe in God is an atheist in their heart. They don't believe in eternity. But I want you to say that this morning because if we can perceive, or the way I see it, is that there is life after death. And what the psalmist is teaching us Lord, teach me to number my days. Let's perceive or put in perspective or see beyond. If we want to see beyond something, that also gives us the understanding there are things that are blocking us or there are things that are stopping us or there are things that are hindering us. Hindering us from seeing the true picture. Let me read to you in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 if you mark that in just a minute. Skipping on down to the 27th verse. The Hebrew writer teaches us some very, very familiar scripture. And the way I see it, I believe this right here. Hebrews 9 and in verse 27 says this. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Today, my perception is... I don't know if this is pretty blunt force wording that I'm going to use. The truth is, you're going to die. The truth of the matter is, is that we can't avoid the fact we all are going to die. My perspective of life is, we're going to die. And the psalmist said, Lord, make me to know mine end. Let's pause right here for just a minute. And I want you to ask yourself, when God made Adam and Eve, how long were they intended to live? The answer to that question is, preacher, God made Adam and Eve eternal. God did not make Adam and Eve to die. God did not make Adam and Eve to understand what 
what time and death was. God made Adam and Eve to be eternal. You and I, as descendants of Adam and Eve, we struggle with the concept of eternity. We struggle with that. We, don't, we, we can't comprehend that because none of us have ever experienced eternity. None of us have done that. Eternity is not something that ends. It's just something that keeps going and going and going and going. It is eternal. And here the psalmist said that we struggle with this idea of, of what it is and we must teach ourselves, Lord, by you to number our days. You don't have to turn over and read it, but let me read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen. Perspective means to look beyond something or to look through something. Can you look beyond this life this morning? Can you look through the fact that you are living your life and that there's coming a day we are going to die? Can you do that? Let's read if we can. I want to keep reading to you. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. This morning, I want us to really look at what we read in this 39th division of Psalm, where the text by which we read to you in that fourth verse, Lord, make me to know mine end. I believe the psalmist is going to give us some pretty good instruction that if we put life in perspective, it will affect our lifestyles. Do you believe this morning that your perspective on something is going to change how you react to something or how you're going to do something? If your perspective is this is dangerous, then you're going to respond. If your perspective is that same instance is not dangerous, you're going to respond differently. Folks, for every child of God, our perspective is our days are numbered, are they not? Preacher, I don't like to do that. You're just a doom and gloom preacher. Let's be real this morning that it is appointed that a man wants to die and after this, the judgment. We're going to get back there in a minute. There's a time that's coming for us and we see here that, that the psalmist is teaching that we need to understand that we need to number our days and find out what is the most important thing. I got really humbled, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago when a man said, give me your calendar and I can tell you what's important to you. And I really, really had to ponder on that for a minute. And he said, if you give me your calendar, I can tell you what's important. This morning, I'm not asking anybody to give me your calendars. What I'm asking you is, what is important to us? What's important to me? What's important to you? What are the must-haves in life? What are the must-dos in life? Folks, may we understand that in all the things that we do in life is that it is of the utmost importance that we value or we understand that our days on this earth are numbered. It's already been said. There's a time that God has said for you and for me that we read already in Hebrews that is appointed a man wants to die. If we're going to look beyond the grave or beyond life, how do we look through that or beyond that? Folks, God's word gives us a declaration of what's going to happen on the other side of the grave. Do you believe that there's life on the other side of the grave? How do we know that? We know that not because of its, its rumor on the street, but we believe in that because that's what God's word says. And folks, if God's word says it, I believe it. 
I believe that when we leave this world, you're headed for heaven or you're headed for hell. One of the two. You are already been determined that it is appointed unto to, to you and to me that we are going to die. And the psalm said, Lord, teach me or let me know mine end and the measure of my days. Hebrews chapter 9. I'm going to flip back over there for just a second. For the Hebrew writer said, It is appointed a man once to die, but after this, the judgment. We kid sometimes that there's two things that you have to do in life. Pay taxes and die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably disagree with that. You don't have to pay taxes. Now you might get in trouble for that, but you don't have to pay taxes. But I can tell you something you cannot avoid. Tax evasion is real. But I'll tell you this, evading death is not going to happen. It is appointed a man once to die. You can already realize is that it's an appointment God's going to keep. I'm not going to ask anybody for a confession. But have you ever had an appointment sometime that you forgot about? I'm not going to ask you to tell me anything about it. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot I was supposed to be so-and-so at so-and-so. I'm not going to ask you to do that. Do you think God's going to forget? Oh, wait a minute. I messed up. I forgot that the length of their days was numbered and I made a mistake, folks. God's not going to forget. A day has already, and a time, I'll be more specific. Isn't it amazing how the millions of seconds that we have in our life, some people may have a million, some people may have several hundred thousand. You know, the truth is, is that not a single one of us can stand up this morning and say, I've got more than 10 seconds left. The truth is, none of us know how long we have. But the Bible is very plain today that teaches us it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. There's this strange idea, this strange concept. You mean I'm going to die? I remember as a child, and I don't know, I guess in your early years of your life, we feel like that we're invincible. That we're going to live forever, that, that we're not going to have any problems, and we're not going to ever grow old and weary. You don't think about as a as a small child about hurting when you get up out of the chair. You don't think about the point in your life where you might need walking assistance. You don't think about the time in your life where you can't do things on your own. The reality is when we're small, our nature kicks in and we are created by God to be eternal. So our nature says we are eternal. But what I want you to notice is this. The only thing eternal about us today is our soul. Your soul is eternal, but your body's going to die. I don't, I don't want to try to, 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 to go easy around that topic. I don't want to try to be uh, just too blunt about it. But I want to be honest this morning. Is that the Bible says it is appointed a man wants to die. If we have something, maybe I shouldn't use the word scheduled, but I will because we understand that word. But if we have a schedule or we have an appointment, what's going to keep it from happening? Now, in our, our world today, sometimes we have appointments. They call us and say, well, we're going to have to redo our schedule and we want to try to, to move this around. We're going to move you up or we're going to move you back. But the truth is, if God has an appointment with us, it's going to happen. For it is appointed unto men. I believe today that it's pretty plain that the Bible teaches us that mankind has a curse of sin. We're going to talk about this. We'll go back to the Garden of Eden here in just a minute. But the truth is, is that God gave us this ability or God made us with the ability not to, to want to live forever. But because of sin, that changed. But the Bible teaches us that because of sin, that wants to die. 
You're not going to be reincarnated or come back in some other life in some other form or fashion, folks. When you die, you are headed for heaven or you are headed for hell. There's no middle ground, and I, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to, I guess I want to mislead you this morning. Fact is, is that you and your family and your friends, they're headed for heaven or they're headed for hell. And today, if you are not saved by God's grace, Jesus is available to you. He wants to save you. His blood that he shed is for you and for me. For it is appointed a man once to die, and after this, the judgment. There's coming a day that we will stand, and I believe we will be held accountable. And you know what? For, for some of us, in some form or fashion, we might say this is that we are going to be held accountable. Are we covered by the blood of Jesus? Are we not covered by the blood of Jesus? Which category are you in this morning? For today, the, the, the way that I see it is either you're saved or you're lost. The way that I see it, you either have the blood of Jesus or you don't have the blood of Jesus. The way that I see it, there's a time in your life when you, when you sought the Lord and you got saved, or there's not a time in your life that you sought the Lord and got saved. The way I see it is, it's appointed the man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. You know, a lot of times in our current justice system, I don't, I don't want to claim to know all about that. I don't want to mislead you. But it seems like when a ruling comes down that there's an appeal process. It's like, well, maybe evidence was found or maybe we, we didn't like the outcome or something didn't happen just right. So we want to appeal the process so it can be done. Folks, when God says... You are sentenced to hell. There is no appeal process. There's no changing your status. There's no, wait a minute. I'm in hell and I am tormented in these pains that we read about in Luke chapter 16. There is no, wait a minute. I want to do something now, folks. If you die lost without Jesus, hell is your home and that is eternal. If you don't have Jesus in your life, it is appointed a man wants to die and after this, the judgment, the final conclusion, the final decision is not what everybody else says. But it's about what God says. You can have a preacher stand up at your funeral and tell you all about how good that you're in heaven or how good of a life you lived. And don't get me wrong, I believe people can live good moral ethical lives. But you know what? This morning I want to be plain about this. Living a good moral and ethical life will not grant you an eternity, uh, eternity in Jesus, with Jesus Christ in heaven. The only thing that will give you that is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not a good life or who you were or what you've done in your life. It's about are you covered by the blood of Jesus. For it is appointed a man once to die and after this the judgment. Let's go back to Psalms for just a minute if we can. He said, Lord, make me to know mine end. Who is it this morning that can answer your prayers? Who do you need to talk to? Who's your mediator? The Bible, I believe, is very plain. The psalmist said, Lord. Now I want you to notice in this scripture in Psalm 39 and verse 4 that there's a teacher and there's a student. Lord, make me to know mine end. We're going to see just a minute in the book of Psalms that, that there's also that said, Lord, may you teach us to number our days and may you teach us these things. But not only... I'm going to tell you something you may or may not know. Do you know that when a teacher teaches that not every student always listens? I, it's not that they're bad people or whatever, but I can tell you that not everything a teacher said is always comprehended by the teacher. That's why sometimes it has to be repeated. 
But you know what? Sometimes in our pulpits, we need to repeat it over and over and over and over again. Your days are numbered. They're numbered. It's already been determined. Lord, you're the teacher. I'm the student. Would you teach me, as he says, to know mine in and the measure of my days? For some reason, by our own merit and our own wisdom and knowledge, we just cannot fathom the idea, or maybe we don't want to fathom the idea. We're leaving this world. Sure, we want to stay as long as we can. We want to, to do as much as we can. We want to prolong things as long as we can. But you know what? Let's just be honest again this morning. We cannot prolong life forever. For there's a judgment that's going to happen. There's a penalty of sin that has to happen in his death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is life eternal through Christ Jesus. It all happens through him. But listen to what he said. Lord, make me to know Mine end. If you want to know something today, I believe it's good, I believe it's important that we realize the one that has the answers. If the Lord, if we ask the Lord to teach us to number and to measure our days, I believe God will do just that. In the 94th division of Psalms, if you want to turn over a few pages or just listen, I'll read them to you. In the 94th division of Psalms, Let's read what the psalmist talked about who can help him in an hour. Psalm chapter 94, and if you're turning over there, just I'll give you a second. But let me ask you something. When your need and your soul needs to be saved, who can you turn to? There's only one today. I'm not saying who do people turn to. Who's the only one you can to turn to for results? Maybe we can work, work, work like that. Folks, you can't turn to man to get saved. You've got to turn to Jesus. It's, it's, it's the only way around it. It's today is to go to him. Listen to what we read in the Psalms. Psalms chapter 94 and verse 17. Unless the Lord hath been my help. Lord, if it was not for you, notice what he said. My soul had almost dwelt in silence. He said, Lord... If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have joy in my heart. Lord, if it wasn't for you, my soul would be sitting here in silence. How many of you today can hear that still, small voice? How many of you today have the presence of God in your life and you're rejoicing? Folks, if it were not for the Lord, you would be sitting here in silence. Preacher, if it wasn't for you, I would be too. Folks, I only can talk to the ears of a man. God talks to your heart. This morning, what do you hear inside of you? Not your ears and what your mind is processing and hearing and understanding, but I'm asking you, what's inside of you? Where he said, Lord, thou hast been my help, and my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Folks, today only God and God alone is able to help us in the time of need by which we have. But listen to what we're reading back in Psalm again in that 39th division of Psalm and in that 4th verse where he said, Lord, make me to known mine end. You know what happens when you know that there's an end? You get prepared for a little bit different. Now, we're not saying how far to the end. He's just saying, teach me that there is an end. 
Can I, can I read that to you and, and say that to you one more time? The psalmist is not saying, God, teach me how many days I have until I leave this world. He said, teach me against my nature that there is an end. Can I put this in 2024 terms? People are living their life like they're going to live forever, folks. I am telling you, you better get ready for Jesus. Because it is going to end. It's end. There's going to come an end to everything that you and I know in the capacity by which we know that. And the psalmist is not saying 10, 20, 30, 5 days, 6 days, 30 years, 50 years. He's not saying give me just the number. He said just teach me that there is a number and that there is an end, folks. Many people in our society need to understand there is an end. There's an end. That's all you have to know today that there is an end. But the mystery is you don't know when that's going to happen. That's why you got to prepare today because we do not know. The psalmist says, make me to know mine end. Not the fact that there is how many days until that, but he said just the simple fact that there is an end. For those of us that are saved this morning, once you got saved, did you or do you perceive death differently? Absolutely. I'm going to answer you that for you. We perceive things differently. Is it unknown to us? Yes. Go back to what we said in the beginning. God created Adam and Eve to be eternal. It's because it's unknown to us that makes us a little uneasy. But we trust and we believe in everlasting life in heaven, in a place called heaven with the person that we call Jesus. We believe in that. But, but listen to what the psalmist is teaching. He said, Lord, let make me to known mine end. <coughs> in the book of Isaiah, chapter 46, listen to what Isaiah said. How long outside of the beginning? If, if Genesis 1 and 1 tells us in the beginning God created, did God exist outside of time? Yes. Isaiah 46 and 10, read this. Declaring the end from the beginning. God declares the beginning and an end, not you and I. From ancient times the things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. But notice what he says in that 10th verse, declaring the end from the beginning. People want to know, Lord, when are you coming back again? The Bible teaches us that, that no man knows the day. He said, not even the angels know when the Lord's going to come back. He said, we want to know times. We want to know, Lord, how long am I going to live? Lord, how long before you come back? He said, I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you it's going to happen. Folks, we can probably add to this this morning. Not only is it appointed man wants to die, it is appointed that Jesus is coming back again. He's coming in the clouds. He's coming in the clouds. It's not a matter of how many days or what's going to happen. It's just a matter of we must understand it is going to happen. The psalmist began to say, Lord, he said, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days. We have to understand that our lives are not eternal. That there's going to come an end to these things that we experience here in this life. Sometimes we want to use that phrase, all good things come to an end. Folks, I'm telling you, 
For those of us that are saved, heaven's not going to come to an end, is it? Scott, we get a little bit, we get a, a, a down payment, an earnestness of the Spirit here in this life. We get a little taste of heaven, but one of these days, folks, we're going to get the fullness of heaven. We're going to get the fullness of it. While we dwell here, we get a taste. One day it's in His fullness. And I pray today that God would teach us that there's a better day coming. Preacher, what's wrong with you? Everything's good in my life. If you're saved, I don't care how good it is, it is going to get better. Amen, folks. Glory unto God. We think that when things are bad, we hold on to that promise. Glory unto you, God, that we're looking for a better day. I'm telling you, even your best day, it's still going to get better. Why? Because we're laying down sin. The Bible says when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Aren't you thankful today that one day we're going to fight the last battle against sin and we're going to be victorious? And we're going to be victorious not because of what you've done or what somebody taught us. We're victorious because of Jesus Christ. Him and Him alone are why we're victorious. And the psalmist began to say, he said that I may mine end in the measure of mine days. The 90th division of Psalm, I know we kind of spent a little time in Psalms this morning. Our world is filled full of calendars. Our world is filled full of clocks. We're filled full of schedules and appointments. Psalms 90. 12th verse teaches us to teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Go back up to that very second verse. Psalm 90 and 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, <coughs> excuse me, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Why does eternity seem so impractical? Why does the thought that we have an end disturbing? Why, why do people lay that? Well, that's just eerie to think about that. For every one of us that's been saved, we thought about it, didn't we? For you that's been saved, did you have to think about the fact you were going to die? Can I give you Scott's testimony? I'll tell you this. I remember a night I was sitting in church and I was sitting in the very back row and I knew that I was leaving the walks of this life that night and I was absolutely scared to death of dying and dying lost without God. I'm going to tell you my testimony. I was afraid of death, but the night I got saved, I made my way in an altar and I prayed and I sought out the Lord. I said, Lord, please take this fear away from me. Please remove it. I know I'm young, but I don't want to die and I don't want to die lost without you. You know what he gave me? He gave me peace. Not the fact that I wasn't going to die, but that everything's all right when I did. What about you this morning? Are you here today and you know that when you leave this life, everything's going to be all right? Do you know that? If you don't, then I pray that you would. Listen to what the psalmist is teaching us. He said, Lord, help me and teach me to understand these things. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. We struggle with understanding eternity. Now let's go back to this idea in the book of Genesis when God created Adam and Eve. God existed before time was in the beginning. God created. So if God existed before that, Adam and Eve were created and we've already established the fact they were created to live eternally. So what's the worst thing? I should, maybe I'll word this a little bit different. 
what's one of the most detrimental things that happened to Adam and Eve when they sinned and took of the forbidden fruit? Well, preacher, they were cast out of the garden. Well, that's, that's a very true statement. But one other thing I want you to think about is they were introduced to time. Adam and Eve were introduced to time. They were eternal beings that got introduced to time, which means there is a day, now it's appointed, the man wants to die. Time. Do you know what I believe heaven's going to be? The Bible says time will be no more. We will understand eternity the way God wanted us to understand eternity before sin entered in. There's a blockade in front of us right now as humans. It's just our nature. Remember what I said to perceive something means to look beyond or to look through something? I hope this morning that you can look beyond this world and realize God has something eternally He wants for you. Look through the idea of what death is, that death in the grave is not the end, that it's just by mere an entrance by which we enter to heaven. For many of us today, God wants us to be eternal. For the Bible teaches us that, that in hell, that it's a place where the fire is not quenched. Why? Because there is no ceasing. There is no ending to that. Paul tells us in Titus 3 and 7 that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Eternal life is what it's all about this morning. It's about going to a place where there is no end. I want to read to you, if I can, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'll close in just a minute. Temporary, eternal. Talked about these verses not terribly long ago. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17 says this. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. If you'll remember, Paul went through some pretty severe afflictions. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17 he said, for our light afflictions. Paul went through some major things. But what is it compared to? That, that's what I want you to understand today. If Paul went through some major things and when he died it was going to get worse, then compared to that, then it wouldn't be light. It would be serious. But he said, if you want to compare it to eternity, he said, this is nothing. The most, the most horrendous things that you and I can go through in life, they're nothing. When it compares to eternity, how long is that for you? I've heard people try to describe eternity so many different ways. How long is it? I heard finally one day, and I don't know that, that I have one better than the other, it says a bird can take a peck of sand, a little pebble of sand, and it can take it, and it can remove it. It can do that once every hundred years. And finally, when every grain of sand has been moved, eternity just began. And I thought, man, that's a long time. But the difference is, eternity has no end. But your life does. Where are you going to spend eternity? In the grand scheme of things, maybe we can say it like that. In the grand scheme of things, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Paul here in all of his trials, he said, I want to put this in perspective. <clears throat> and that's why he calls them light. He said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. When you compare trials and you compare all the things that we go through, it's but a moment. For he said, but which is but for a moment, which worketh for us a far 
more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What Paul's saying is what you're going through in this life, God's going to give you something far greater when you leave this life. Folks, do you believe? I've always wondered how I could word this to really get my, my heart exposed the way I want. But do you think when you leave this life that we're going to be worse off or better off for a child of God? Which way do you put it? 100% do I believe that every child of God is better off. Sometimes we think that it's worse. The worst is not on the person that leaves this life or me when I leave. It's about those that get left behind because they still got a battle with sin. But for those that are unsaved, the worst has yet to even unimaginably begin of being unprepared. For he says, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Trials, glory. Trials, glory. You know what Paul's saying? He said what we go through here in this life, he said, it has an end. Remember what we read to you there in the Psalms in the very beginning? Lord, make me to know mine end. Let me know that trials are going to end. He said, in the measure of my days, for he said, these things are going to be, he said, and here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 17, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I believe today God's able to give us what we stand in need of. And that's a perspective that we can see beyond this life that there is a next life. Or let me go back to the book of Psalms and I'll close in just a minute. Psalm chapter 39 in verse 4, the very end of that verse, that I may know how frail I am. So many people think they're invincible. Their health is perfect. There's no perfect health that's going to keep you from dying, is it? Now, I know we could probably live better. There's no perfect health that's going to make us live forever. may make us live longer. There's no deed that you're going to do that's going to make you stay on this world any longer. It's a fact of the day is coming. And he said that I may know how frail I am. People that know how frail we are, and that doesn't mean that we're weaklings. All it means is we understand there's coming a day we're leaving this world. People make preparations to leave here. Now, I'm not saying we make all kinds of details and uh, the details of what's going to be like when we leave this world, but I am telling you this, and I want you all to be a witness to this. There is coming a day that Scott is leaving this world. Am I fully aware that could be today? Yes. Did I wake up this morning saying, Lord, I, I hope it is today? No. I believe some people do get to that point in their life. They're ready to leave this world. And I never understood that for a long time. Lord, why do people want to leave this world? I love this life. Maybe things aren't good with them. Maybe they're hurting or their health is declining. And they truly have an understanding that heaven's a better place. For the person out there today that's longing for heaven, I pray that God will grant them mercy here in this life. And may his mercy be upon them until that day they take their last breath. But for those of us that, that, that maybe we're enjoying life, may we still count our days, number our days, and may we know how frail I am that all things are going to come to an end. For the book of Hebrews, it said, it's appointed that the man wants to die. It is going to happen. So today, the way I see it, we're all leaving here. And I don't mean that we're walking out these doors and getting in our vehicles. We're all leaving this world. Our body is going to slumber in death, or the Lord's going to return, but our body is going to slumber in death, 
the Lord returns, are you ready for that day? That's what it's all about. Today, that's the question I have for you. Are you ready? God bless you. That's what I have. Let's go to Psalm.